You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to Circling Seattle Sports on Converge Media. Charles Hamaker here, Bell Garcia back in studio this hey. week. Uh, very mixed bag. Very mixed bag. Oh, Seahawks, yeah, I don't know if I'm happy with this. Preseason's week. okay. You know, it's a very big, I mean, we talked about it last week, it's a big evaluator, right? The Mariners, also kind of a very mixed, mixed bag. bag. <laughs> uh, the Sounders, disappointing. Uh, the Storm, eh, I'd say mostly good. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. Kraken. Uh, I don't think there's anything for the Kraken. I don't think we have any. Rain, I would say good. There was a trade this morning that I'm not the – we'll get into that. (laughs) Seawolves, kind of sad news. Um, So I would say very mixed bag. So taking that into consideration, we're just going to go into our things and get into the Seahawks. Finally, we have meaningful things going on. I mean, you could say training camp, but still. Preseason is kind of your big jump-off point. So we head into the preseason. Yeah, it's so exciting to have Seahawks football back so um on the 13th they were in pittsburgh and unfortunately they did not win the first preseason game they did lose that one 32 to 25 we have some offensive players of the game here so i went with drew Locke, who uh, was 11 for 15 102 yards and two touchdowns did not start but did still did a pretty good job yeah who did you go with I went with DJ Dallas, uh, DJ, you know, Rashad Penny did not go and we'll get to the injury report mm-hmm. against Pittsburgh, but uh, 10 carries for 73 yards. So your highest achieving running back on the ground also had a reception for 17 yards and a touchdown in that game. I believe it was to put the to tie the game up at 25 Yeah, from Drew Locke. I could have made the choice for Drew Locke, but I wanted to be different because I also wanted to discuss, or I mean, with the way that the quarterback competition is, we're going to discuss it anyway, right? right? So, you know, uh, heading into the game, Gino was named the starter because he had just been with the ones more. But what did we talk about? I really thought that the preseason could be his big jump off point. And both were relatively efficient, yeah. right? And But Gino didn't have any passing uh, touchdowns. He had a rushing touchdown. Um, and granted, you know, Drew was playing against, not the first stringer guys. Right. Uh, right. But I thought that he, from what I understand, he played well. And I really do. I think this is going to be his big jump off point. I said it last week. I think he's going to be your guy. And that's not saying again, just like with Gino, what he said, he's like, I want to be known that I support Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I don't support Gino Smith as your quarterback. If he's named that guy, I just think that Drew Locke from the fact that the Denver media thought he didn't get a fair shot, from yeah. just the DK Metcalf being on like Kevin Garnett show and thinking like having that full trust in Drew Lock, it's it's. I'm going with the gut here, and well, not only that, but trusting a few different things and different opinions, and saying that I believe that Drew Lock will come out with this job. Um, mm. But DJ Dallas, uh, for my actual pick of the game, uh, was a guy last year that I mean, he's DJ Dallas is fun. He's a guy that he's uh, very positive. Uh, and I think that, you know, he's not like a big bruiser kind of guy, you know, and hasn't necessarily had his shot necessarily to produce a ton. Mm-hmm. But 
he showed out in this game. And again, like what we just said, preseason's your time to show out and maybe earn some more minutes. So I I thought DJ Dallas had a pretty good game and yeah. your best offensively for me, you know, if I'm looking away from the quarterback spot. I will ask you about that play because going with Drew Locke, I also thought of that end of the game play there where he uh, lost the ball and Pittsburgh took the lead there to win the game. So yeah. would you blame Locke there or who would you? I think there's a little bit. Mm, I mean, I can understand both sides of either blaming the line or blaming the blaming Locke. Yeah. From what I understand, uh, he acknowledged that that side was going to be unblocked and he didn't shift. He didn't shift the line. Could have done better in that part. So, I mean, yeah, that's tough. I would kind of like if I'm giving points, I'd half hang a point on him for that. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, again, I I think something like that's going to happen. Just as long as that mistake isn't made in the future. Okay, we learn from it. This is your prime again with the proving ground being the preseason. This is your time to get back into it, get back into rhythm, fix any little tidy mistakes you need to make. Uh, so yeah, I would kind of half hang that on him. Uh, definitely a tough play. It was some like, oh, well, he just, someone was left on block. Right. It can't happen. But also as a quarterback, you're supposed to be able to read stuff like that. So. Yeah. Um, moving forward here in our preseason games, do you think we see the same thing where Gino starts and then Locke comes in eventually? Or what do you think we see moving forward? Um, I think with Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll's always the only guy. I mean, we talked about this last season who sticks to his guys. He's very loyal and he kind of, you know, he doesn't really make split change decisions. So I would say Gino starts this next game, Mm -hmm. but maybe by week three of this preseason, the final preseason game, we see Drew Lock get a start. They say, okay, Drew, we've seen what we can from Gino with the ones, or, or maybe they give uh, Gino quarter number one and Drew quarter number two. Get some starting there. there. Yeah. So I think though that week three, we see Drew Locke starting preseason. It'll be really interesting by the time we get to week one, it'll be really interesting to see what the coaching staff sees from both guys. Cause again, you're getting a guy in Smith who's been in the system. What a few years now has that familiarity is a pretty decently long veteran. Um, And Drew Locke, I mean, so I don't know. It'll be really interesting when that comes up, but I think, at the end of the day, if we're looking at the full 17-game season, which still feels weird to say, Locke will have started more games. And that's what I think. Okay. That's what I'm going to go with. And so we'll transition to some defensive players of the game here. I'm going to let you go ahead and lead with our pick here because I was trying to find a different option, and it just it felt right to go same as you. Yeah, so no interceptions, no really big. I think there was a forced fumble, um, and I think it was actually by Boye Mafe. Uh Three tackles, two sacks, a tackle for loss, quarterback hit. This is, a, I mean, for years, it feels like this team has been looking for consistent pass rush. Uh, and that was still something that they looked at in this draft. You know, Daryl Taylor was a guy who I liked the burst that I saw from him. And I think he'll have a, a pretty good year this year. I won't say great because, mm-hmm. you know, that's great as a different, you know, want to put that kind of thing just out there. But I think that Boye Mafe is a guy that, you know, kind of was like a sleeper in a way, kind of was an underrated draft. Yeah. I mean, we, we look at this draft and we were happy with yeah, it, yeah. right? And Mafia is a guy that, uh, I mean, again, preseason proving ground. You go out and you make that kind of contract. Two sacks is pretty, that's a good that's game, a good game yeah. in a regular season. You know, so to kind of, I think you got some points there. A tackle for loss is always good. You're going to get on uh, coaches' good sides for that. So 
I mean, overall, I just made an impact. You look at the defensive score sheets. Mm -hmm. um, there was some nice, I believe there was a different, I think it was, uh, I forgot who it was. Someone had eight tackles, but tackles are good. That's fine and all, but I mean, sacks, tackles for losses. Those are yeah. kind of what st stood out Changes to me. The game, yeah. And we'll move on to some in the injury report here against Pittsburgh. Several offensive and defensive players missed out on the preseason matchup with names such as Rashad Penny, Marquise Goodwin, D. Eskridge, Freddie Swain, and Artie Burns. Now, did you expect to see Rashad Penny in any way? Uh, I mean, maybe for a drive or two. Okay. You know, you want to be able to shake that rust off. There are certain guys, like I don't think Brady will play hardly anything yeah right rogers yeah. maybe a drive maybe a few plays mm -hmm. he probably won't throw that off and just to minimize sure. any chance of an injury um i would have imagined he would have been out there a little bit okay. and just even with any of these guys penny goodwin eskridge i mean this isn't like the full list but you know noticing guys who get significant snaps during the season you know freddie swain had a few touchdowns last year Artie burns has made a good impression in camp the eskridge you're kind of waiting for him to produce after drafting him two years ago uh, marquis goodwin has been a, a camp uh, a star and so you'd like to see how this all plays in real game speed sure right because okay. you can't replicate game speed really yeah. in a practice i mean you can try you can have a scrimmage but game speed is so much different so yes i would have imagined we would have seen him but not like the full half yeah right and they still want to get Kenneth Walker out there. I know he had some mm -hmm. he had some mm -hmm. decent numbers, but I know Pete Carroll's been really high on him. You know, Pete Carroll loves his running backs. So um, it's a, again with the proving ground. This is a chance for guys like Kenneth Walker to really take that spot with you know Goodwin, Eskridge, and Swain out for other. I know Bo Melton made a good impression. Derek Young, from what I understand, Derek Young and Bo Melton have made their own uh, impacts and impressed some coaches. So it's like okay. We have to put one of you on 53, man. One of you will probably go in the practice squad, right. you know, unless someone else snags you up. Yeah. Um, so, again, this is this is your chance with guys like that out to make an impact. I know that, you know, we look at with Hardy or Artie Burns being out. Kobe Bryant had a play where I think he got it was a good touchdown. I think it was uh, George Pickens. Like back of the yeah. corner of the end yeah. zone, uh, the broadcast was saying that's good coverage. It's just a better catch, right? You know, and sometimes like that stuff like that'll happen. But so I, that's what I'm, you know, with these guys being out, it's like, hey, it's the next man up. You, this is your chance to go out and make your money. So, as we transition to some team notes here, um, going back to a running back, <laughs> Marshawn Lynch was arrested in Las Vegas. The former Seahawk running back was arrested for allegedly driving under the influence. Um, body cam footage showed Lynch being dragged out of the car after he refused to exit the vehicle. And as you can see on the screen there, not a pretty much shot. <laughs> uh, well. Yeah, and it's it's tough. I mean, I like to reserve judgment until we get more of the scope of things. I know that his legal team uh, is going to dispute it. Uh, There's also a report that he was driving without a front tire. How don't, do you do that? So I'm going <laughs> to wait for the process okay. to play itself out. But yeah, I mean, Marshawn, obviously we know who Marshawn is. We had to touch on the news. right? Yeah. So we'll keep updated with that as we know more information. But Hoping for the best. Yeah, right. for sure. Um, on August 10th, Pete Carroll named Geno Smith a starter, of course, against the Steelers, as we mentioned. Um, he met, he said Geno is still going with the ones and he's going to start the game this weekend. So that is exactly how that played out. Uh, moving on to the 14th here, Quandre, Quandre Diggs earned a spot on the NFL Top 100 list. He is listed at number 72. 
Do you anticipate seeing any other of our Seahawks on that list? I mean, you and I briefly discussed this before we went on air here. I would imagine DK Metcalf gets up there. Uh, but outside of that, I don't know if anybody else does really, right. at least it's a current Seahawk. I don't know. Maybe Russell will end up on here somewhere. Yeah, maybe. Likely. I mean, with him being out due to injury and not him playing as well as he could have the rest of the year, who knows? Uh, maybe Bobby Wagner. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Jordan Brooks, actually. I was mm. trying to think about the defensive side of the ball because Quandre's on there now. Right. I believe he's the only safety to record three or more interceptions in the last three years or so, which is, I mean, to be the only guy, right? right? I mean, something. that's a ball hawk right there. But, I mean, Jordan Brooks or DK Metcalf, I would imagine, would be your only guys on there running. I'm trying to think about it position by position. Other wide receivers, I would like to see Tyler Lockett get that I'm recognition. Scared. Okay, so DK, <laughs> Tyler, Jordan Brooks, that's three, not four. I can count sometimes. Uh, quarterback, uh, former Seahawk Russell, maybe. Yeah. Offensive line, doubtful. Tight end, doubtful. Uh, defensive line, doubtful. Yeah, I mean, okay. I love Puna Ford, but I don't know if we'll see Puna Ford on there. Linebackers, Jordan Brooks, maybe Bobby Wagner gets there. You know, current Ram, cornerback, probably not. Safety, Quandre Diggs. So, yeah. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Jordan Brooks. My hopefully, right? But we'll see. You know, I'm gonna slim that list down and say that I think it's probably gonna be DK, and I'm not sure about the other two guys on there. Yeah, because at the end of the day, this is a Remember, with the NFL Top 100, I know a lot of fans take uh, stock in this. Mm -hmm. This is a player-voted uh, list. so And it seems like the players kind of vote. You ever get surveys online? It's just like a yeah. customer feedback yeah. survey. How often do you really put your whole, whole, your whole heart into that? Never. Okay, that's kind of <laughs> the way that the players treat this whole Makes list. Sense. So, For sure. Um, it's always interesting to me, too. I also go through the list, not really hoping to see... I don't think anyone in certain positions, but just to see how they were placed. So moving on to some news here from the 15th today, <laughs> the team trades Ugo Amadi. So Seahawks received tight end JJ Arcega Whiteside, um, who was a converted, who was converted to tight end from wide receiver drafted ahead of DK Metcalf. And that trade happened with the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Eagles receive, of course, Ugo Amadi. Um, any thoughts? Well, it was kind of funny with the, when this trade happened because I, I read a report uh, like an hour before this trade happened that Amadi was going to be cut ahead of the roster being trimmed down to 85 tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if it that was coming. true, you got something out of nothing. Uh, Whiteside scored like one touchdown in his career. You know, we look at DK Metcalf and all he's done, right? He's got yeah. like 280 receiving yards. Mm -hmm. I say go Whiteside does. So, uh yeah, I know that this was a big thing with the Eagles. Like, hey, you really messed up and you drafted this guy instead of DK Metcalf. So uh, trading for him is really interesting. I mean, a guy that really hasn't produced, maybe they see something. Maybe they want yeah. to take a flyer on him. But you're running, your tight end room is already a little busy, is it not? I mean, you've got Noah Fant, who you just acquired in the trade uh, for Russell. Uh, Will Disley, Kobe Parkinson. I don't know where our Sega Whiteside fits on that depth chart, but we'll... I don't know. It might be more of a flyer than anything else yeah. because you're going to release Omadi anyway. So yeah. we'll so see how that not? goes. But <laughs> I don't take much stock into it. We'll move on to some league news here. Of course, we have some more Deshaun Watson news. Um, on August 9th, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell speaks on the decision and just says that Watson engaged in egregious and predatory behavior. Um so we'll move on from that now. On the 11th, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was linked to the Browns. So depending on, of course, Deshaun Watson's suspension and 
what the decision is there, Cleveland could consider trading for 49ers QB. So we may see Jimmy going to Cleveland soon. Um, as we move on here to the 12th, around 300 former players were eligible for payouts in a $1 billion concussion settlement after test rescored to remove racial bias. So that's a win there. And we'll move on to our record in standings. Of course, we did not win that first preseason game. So the record sits at zero and one for the preseason. And we face the Chicago Bears on the 18th this Thursday at 5 p.m. And that will be shown on ESPN. So we now move on to our Seattle Mariners, who, like you said, had kind of a mixed bag week. Yeah, I mean, so you play the New York Yankees, who for the longest time had the best record in all of baseball. That has since changed. Um, but I mean, this is still a big series. You're playing one of the best teams in the American League. It's the Yankees. There's that sort of rivalry there. You'd like to beat the Yankees. You'd always like to beat the Yankees. Uh, so we look at this series. It was the three-game set uh, starting on August 8th versus the Yankees, a 9-4 to four loss. So unfortunately, uh, come out there and really kind of get stomped uh, by the Yankees. Right, uh, play the game for that one. Right fielder Mitch Hanniger, three hits, two runs, and an RBI. So Mitch continues to produce after coming off of the injured list on the ninth of the month versus the Yankees. This was the game of the year candidate. A one nothing win uh, in 13 innings. Uh, play of the game starting pitcher Luis Castillo. Castillo making his home debut for the Mariners. Eight innings pitched, three hits allowed, no runs whatsoever, two walks, and seven strikeouts. So. I will talk about this game really quickly. This was pretty wild. This is a Tuesday in August against the Yankees. It's a pretty good crowd. I think we hit uh, at least 35K for yeah. each day. Um, so pretty good crowd. Most of them stayed for all 13 innings that this game ran. Uh, and we got a comment on the article about the game. It was like, oh, how can it's a one to nothing game? How can it be exciting? Uh, oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'll just, you know, we go through it. I mean, it was a great pitching duel. Garrett Cole last week against the Mariners got roughed up pretty bad in that game. I mean, three home runs in the first inning against him comes out in this game. And I mean, also, obviously you see it was a one to nothing game in 13 innings. Garrett Cole pitched a shutout to an extent, uh, had a great game. Luis Castillo had a great game and looked, got out of some jams. Um there were some wild double plays. The Yankees had terrible base running where you were like, you could have probably had a run here and there and you, your base running was horrible. Uh, there were some great plays in the outfield. I mean, Sam Haggerty made a great catch. Uh, there was excitement throughout the night. Mm -hmm. You know, this was a big thing. And then of all people, uh, Luis Torrens hits a, a walk-off single uh, to end the game as a pinch hitter. He'd come in and, you know, Luis has had a, is a tough year. It's a tough yeah. year. Last year, yeah, it showed some showed some pop. This year, that's kind of been non-existent. I mean, he had a home run last week against the Angels, but outside of that, just having a really rough go of things, uh, and he walks it off. So that was really cool to see. Uh, this game ended like at midnight, which I think the <laughs> runtime was like four hours and ten minutes. Um, it was a pretty. It was wild. It was pretty wild. Um, I, I was. It was one of the best games I've seen live. That was. Pretty ridiculous. And then they got to come back and play a day game the next game. Yeah. And the Mariners would win that one on the 10th versus the Yankees, four to three. So another another one tight one uh, to take the series against the Yankees. It's the first time that the Mariners have won the entire season series against New York since 2002. Really? So 20 years. That's awesome. Um, you know, and uh, before we'll get to the next series in a second, but you would have liked to have billed 
off of this, right? I mean, yeah, it's a really big series against the Yankees. You yeah. went four to three. Uh, Carlos Santana, our player of the game there, DHing one hit, one run, two RBIs. He's a go ahead homer again. It's like all of the homers he's hit here in Seattle have been with the game tied or to put the Mariners ahead, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so they take the series against the Yankees, uh, and then they play the Rangers down in Texas for the first uh, three games of a nine-game road trip over eleven days, all against your own division, and you drop a pretty big dud. Uh, so August twelfth at the Rangers, a six-to-two win. You start off the series nice. You think, oh, this is great. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is back. He gets his first game off of the IL. He's our player mm-hmm. of the game there with two hits, two RBIs, and a walk. Is First game back from the 10-day injured list. August 13th at the Rangers in game two, a 7-4 to four loss. So you kind of fall apart. Texas really puts out a good showing. Uh, player of the game, third baseman, Eugenio Suarez. One hit, one run, two RBIs. Gino, an RBI earlier in the game and a solo homer. Marco Gonzalez gets roughed up. Um, and then August 14th at the Rangers, a 5-3 to three loss. So you lose a series against the Rangers who today actually fired their manager. Wow. So you lose a series to a team that the next day they fire their manager. Not not good. Yeah, not uh, Player of the game in that one, right fielder Mitch Hanniger, one hit, one RBI, and a walk. So you lose a series against the Rangers. And it's not panic mode for me. I'm not like, oh, the world, is, the sky is falling. But you can't do that. You can't afford to do that. You know, you're, we'll get to it in standings, but you're a half game behind Toronto for the number one wildcard spot. And if you get the number one wildcard spot, you host three wildcard games. You host, which you would like to do, oh, yeah. right? In front of that building, which would be packed. You know, it would be packed. Um, or you, you know, you take the two or the three and you have to travel anywhere. And, you know, I know this team can win on the road, but not you, ideal. You, you'd like to control your own destiny yeah. and play it in your own own building, uh, especially with the energy they can bring in there when they're packed. Um, disappointing. I mean, Marco has had a rough two months. Logan Gilbert, who started that August 14th game, has also his last few starts have rough. been rough. Yeah. And from what I've been seeing, people are saying he looks tired. Maybe they need to give him a break. Maybe skip a day, mm. skip a start. We'll see. I don't know if they'll go with that, but, uh, you know, for the longest time this year, we've talked about the rotation, right? And a couple of those guys now are falling off. Luis has a great game uh, in there. Robert was pretty solid in his start. Um, but Logan and Marco, Marco led this team in quality starts for a long time. Logan was having a great sophomore year. Um, both of those guys are really, they need to kind of, have a little, yeah, hit, the, yeah, exactly. Hit that switch again. Uh, so, you know, or you win a series against the Yankees, you lose a series against the Rangers. Mixed bag. Uh, we go to player of the week and Bell went with Luis Castillo, which I understand. I mean, he was pretty electric <laughs> in the start that he had with those eight innings pitched, three hits allowed, no runs. What was the, what was the thought process behind this? Was it mainly just to yeah, know that you've got a guy like this in your rotation exactly. or do you to have see the performance else? that he had against the Yankees and like in a home debut it was a perfect home debut. So yeah, just couldn't go with anyone else here because like you said, to have someone in that rotation, um, it's exciting and he'll be pitching tonight. Right. So you yes. see him again tonight. Yeah. So I couldn't not go with Luis after that. Again, facing off against the Yankees, having eight innings pitched and it going to 13 innings. And it was just exciting to watch inning after inning. And it wasn't just Luis Castillo. 
it was the guys that came after him too. I forget who came. I believe after. it was Matt Brash was, Matt Brash was in there. Paul Seawald, Andres Munoz. I think Diego Castillo was in there. Yeah. Uh, but your bullpen, I think Matt Festa was in there I too. Think Matt Festa was, yeah. So your bullpen continues to be amazing. Yeah. So you know, but you still got to get, like we just said with those two other guys. But I mean, Luis, yeah. I mean, that was, and the interesting thing was, I think it was like the third time for him playing the Yankees in the last 20 days, which, yeah. you know, all these sports are games of adjustments, mm -hmm. right? And you would think these lineups would adjust, but I mean, Luis was able to overcome that and right. just avoid that. So yeah, that was pretty impressive uh, and exciting to watch him pitch. Uh, and you know, the, the, the fans gave him a pretty stirring roar when I'm he was sure announced and it was pretty fun. So uh, I went with Sam Haggerty, you know, it wasn't the, you know, the biggest numbers for him in 15 plate appearances, five hits, one run, one homer, four RBIs, eight total bases, three walks, a stolen base, a 333 batting average, a 421 on base percentage, a 533 slugging. Those last two numbers combined to make a 954 OPS. I went with Haggerty just because I'll admit last year, even I think 2020, I was not big on Sam Haggerty. I thought this is a guy that's fast. They, they throw him a lot of positions, uh, but he can't do much. You know, didn't hit well, really. I know he was fast. He was like a base runner. I, I didn't, wasn't a fan. This year, since being called up, I believe at the end of the month of June, has really showed out. I mm -hmm. mean, not only, you know, his bat, I mean, in that last Yankees game of the series, uh, he had a home run to break up Nestor Cortez's uh, no hitter, hit it off the foul pole, got people pretty excited in that uh, win the night before, the one to nothing win. In extra innings, he was intentionally walked twice. Mm -hmm. Twice. <laughs> I think the only guy that's that's ever happened to is like Aaron Judge. Right. And yeah. those are two very different players, you know. So his WRC plus is great. He has pretty plus defense out in the out in the field. Uh, can play multiple positions. He's played in the infield this year. Played in the outfield mostly, and he's a great base runner. He's a fast guy. I mean, he's played his way onto this roster in the at the big leagues, and I you find hard reason to send him to Tacoma. Yeah. It feels I, deserved his position for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And at, at this point when you continue to, I mean, even against these games against the Rangers, I've seen him produce, you know, so you, it's like, okay, we have to find ways to get you involved. Mm -hmm. When you play like that, yes, you're going to have your guys that keep their spots like Julio, no one's taking center field from Julio Rodriguez. <laughs> um, you're going to find ways to get Sam Haggerty in the lineup. Yeah. So, Agreed. Swaggerty forever. Um, we look at injury news and roster related things. Uh, on the ninth, as we had the injury news, the team placed left-handed pitcher Ryan Barucki on the 15-day IL with a left flexor strain. On the 11th, center fielder Julio Rodriguez was reinstated from the injured list, as well as catcher Kurt Casale. On the 13th, the team reinstated outfielder Taylor Trammell from the 10-day IL, immediately optioning him to triple A Tacoma. So, I mean, some good returns there, but obviously Barucki being sent on the IL, hope that strain isn't a big deal. Uh, and team-related news, on the ninth, the team recalled left-handed pitcher Brendan Bernardino from AAA Tacoma as a response move to that Barucki uh, injured list uh, move. Mm -hmm. On the 11th, uh, with Julio coming back and with Kurt Casale being reinstated from the IL, uh, some more roster moves were made. Outfielder Jared Kelnick was optioned to AAA Tacoma. And I'll say this really quickly about Jared. Um, I know, you know, he struggled in his time here. He had a home run off of Garrett Cole in that one game, but he played largely against the Astros and the Yankees. Tough team. That was who he was playing against mostly. It's difficult. You know, again, this guy is 23. 
you know, I'm not hitting the panic, but I'm button on him, but he got a tough slate here. Granted, he could have been, you know, there are things he could have done better, but I'm not saying that, you know, I really hope by the end of the year, he's able, maybe he makes, you know, when the rosters expand here soon, I believe in September, I hope there is a spot for him at some point, but you know, I'm not letting the ship sail on him yet. Anyway, uh, also as a roster move on the 11th, Luis Torrens was designated for assignment. So yes, a few days after he wins the game <laughs> and that through the game, he was designated for assignment. But don't worry, Luis comes back. We'll get we'll we'll get to that in a second. On the 12th, uh, red, relief pitcher Ken Giles was designated for ex- assignment, uh, dropping the 40-man roster down to 38 people. This was a surprise to some. I wasn't really surprised. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy the last few years. And when he was in, he struggled. So, I mean, it, uh, you know, in the rest of your bullpen has been playing great anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you don't really necessarily need him. You don't need to bank on him. Right. Uh, also on the 12th, the win against the Rangers, the first one of the series uh, on the 12th of the month was Scott Service's 500th win as a manager. The same thing, you know, I just talked about Haggerty and I had my, my regrets about him. Early on, I did not think Scott Service was going to be your long-term manager for this ball club. I questioned a lot of decisions. Uh, I said, I don't know if this is a guy that you want. When when the rebuild hits its peak and you get to the playoffs finally, I don't know if you want this guy to right the ship as a contender. Mm. Uh, Have you changed your mind? Oh, yeah. I changed my mind like halfway through last year. I was like, "Uh," you know, the guys really seem to respond to him. Uh, He's really seems to be a, a player's coach kind of thing. And his bullpen management for the large part of the last two years has been outstanding. So, yes, I've turned my I apologize, Scott. I apologize, Sam Haggerty. (laughs) <laughs> I was wrong. That's going to be part of the business, right? You're going to be wrong right. in this business. Uh, on the 14th of the month, Luis Terenz was, uh, he cleared waivers and he's been at right at a triple Tacoma. So Luis is back. Don't worry about that. Uh, I think pe- people have bad years. People have down years, right? So maybe Luis has had a down year. Maybe he just needs to go down to Tacoma and get things straightened out. But with that being said with Tacoma, um, you've got a lot of major league talent down in Tacoma. When Kelly, Kelnick's down there, Tramel's down there, Terenz is going to be down there. Right. It's pretty, pretty cool. I hope the Rainiers have a good year. Um, and then also on the 14th relief pitcher, Ken Giles declined his outright assignment and elects free agency. So best of luck to Ken out in free agency. Heading over to league-related notes on the 12th, San Diego Padres star Fernando Tatis Jr., was busted, uh, has been suspended 80 games for performance-enhancing drugs. He tested positive for Clostable and will miss the remainder of this season as well as the first 33 games of the 2023 season. Now, uh, his mother posted a photo and said that he was using this drug to treat ringworm? Yeah, he said the same thing, and he said that he should have done his due diligence and, like, looking into the medication and what was in the medication Mm -hmm. yeah but that's what he said too and denied that obviously that it was anything yeah so i don't know it's really interesting i know a lot of his teammates were like oh he needs to grow up this 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 Mm -hmm. i was like oh boy i mean you got a team now with the padres made some big trades at the trade deadline they got juan soto out there and out the outfield manny machado's having a pretty solid year um i don't know that's really interesting um and it's interesting. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, if he was trying to treat ringworm and he used that drug, yeah, you kind of like we'll get to this later on in a different segment, but you have to do your due diligence on some of these things. Um, 
Is there anything that he can do now to be like, look, I had ringworm and this was actually prescribed? I think he's, I think he's already accepted it. I think he's like, all right. That seems even weirder to me. <laughs> Not my business. Uh, also on the 12th, race pitcher Drew Rasmussen took a perfect game bid to the ninth inning. It would be broken up by the Orioles, uh, Jorge Mateo with a leadoff double. So Felix Hernandez to this day, actually, today is the anniversary uh, of Felix Hernandez having the last perfect game in all of baseball. So a happy Felix Day to you and long live the king. Uh I hope that stands forever. That would yeah, be great. That would be you know? so cool. It was a tweet though that was like, "Would you trade uh, someone getting a perfect game so that it's not Felix anymore oh, if the Managers right. made the World Series?" Of course, you would take that <laughs> goddamn trade. You know, it's it's also you. Also, you know, it was saying if the Mariners make the playoffs, they should have Felix in the organization somehow so he can be here for this because Felix. That Felix would deserves be that. yeah. That's a good but, idea. Regardless, happy, happy Felix Day to you and long live the king. Uh, we look at our record and standings for the Mariners here. They sit at a 62 win, 54 loss record, still second in the AOS. That probably won't change for a while. Uh, they sit currently at second in the wild card, a half game behind Toronto for the first wild card spot, but only a half game ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays for the third wild card spot. So you really have to start taking care of business against these bad teams you're going to be playing. As we look at some of these, uh, air quotes, bad teams, I don't have to bite my words. Uh, you'll play a three-game set against the Angels down in Anaheim starting today at 6.38 p.m. Uh, August 16th against the Angels is a, also a 6.38 p.m. game. August 17th, uh, the Wednesday game is a 1.07 p.m. game to wrap up the series. The team then gets uh, a day off before they play the Oakland Athletics just up the road with a 6.40 p.m. start on the 19th. The 20th is a 4.15 start, and the 21st is a 1.07 p.m. start before another day off, and then a return home uh, to T-Mobile Park. As we transition over here to, uh, you know, we talk about playoffs, mm -hmm. playoffs, playoffs. The Storm uh, finish up their regular season and know where they're going to be seated for the playoffs and know who they're going to be playing for the playoffs. Yes, so uh, they'll will take that away here. On August 9th, the Storm were down in Chicago and they took care of business there. They had a win, 111 to 100. Our player of the game, first player of the game, is Brianna Stewart with 25 points, nine rebounds, five assists. Our second player of the game and someone who I would like to see be this consistent a lot more and have the level of confidence that she's having recently is Gabby Williams with 21 points, four rebounds, and seven assists. The team tied the WNBA record for most points in a game. Seattle becomes the fourth team in the regular season history to hit 111 points. And by the first quarter, end of the first, they had 38 points already. So that was insane. Um, it was a great team win overall. And then they move on to Minnesota. On the 12th, they played the Minnesota Lynx. That was also a win, 96 to 69. Our player of the game there was Tina Charles with 23 points, 10 rebounds, and three assists. And that game, I believe, was the clincher of the fourth seed. Um, so after that game, we knew that the Storm would host the first two games, right? Two, yeah, first yeah. two games of round one. Yes. So, and that was against the Washington Mystics. But moving on here to our last regular season game against the Las Vegas Aces, again, a tough team. That was a loss 109 to 100. Our player of the game was Jewel Lloyd, who had 38 points, eight of eight threes. She had eight threes that game and one rebound. That was, of course, the last regular season game. Um, a tough loss, but 
they didn't start the game the best and then they went on a 12-0 run and i remember um asia wilson saying that this is a game of runs so it was very visible in that game yeah. um and then it was close all the way there until the end it was really a nail biter <laughs> Yeah, and I, I don't know. This game, I mean, you're playing, what, the second? No, I think uh, I think they clinched, yeah, the yeah. first seed in the whole league. Playing the best team in the league, effectively. Um, you, didn't have, you didn't have anything really to play for in this game. Obviously, I was saying you would have liked to win this game and go into the playoffs red hot, right, having gone on that road trip, beating the second best team in the league in mm -hmm. Chicago, beating the Lynx, who are playing for a playoff spot in their own right and then playing Vegas. Right. But what most encouraging to me is seeing, you know, you scored 111 points against Chicago. Grandy gave up a hundred, not good. Right. Um, you gave up only 69 points against the Lynx. You scored 96 and then you score hundred points against Vegas, but you give up 109. So you can see the offense is clicking. Jewel Lloyd in that last game, 38 points, I believe is a career high. Was, Tina yeah. Charles clicking there. Gabby Williams, you talk about her uh, performance. Stewie doing Stewie things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I believe she led the league in points per game. I think that's gone yes. official now. Uh, so you like to see the offense clicking, but because that's something that's like uh, you see people in funks and you need more performances from any more performances for people that aren't Stewie. Right. Sure. Um, but yeah, the, the defense is kind of like you give up 109 to Vegas, 100 to Chicago. I'd like to get Clean that it up there. corrected. But yeah. you know who you're going to play. You're going to host two games at home. Uh, if needed, the third game is going to be in Washington, but you like to take care of that without having to go on the road. Right. So we move on to our injury report here versus the sky out, of course, was Mercedes Russell with that season ending. Um, I wouldn't say injury, but yeah. kind of injury, I guess. Um, and head coach Noel Quinn, who was still on health and safety protocol. And then against the Lynx and the Aces, it was just Mercedes Russell so that we would have head coach no week back um moving on to some team notes here on august 9th storm legend lauren jackson makes australian national team at 41 years old the whole the hall of famer is named to australia's world cup team and joining her are i believe stephanie yeah 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 um on august 12th the storm win over minnesota link Lynx clinches them of course the number four seed as we mentioned so they will host as we said game one and two at Climate Pledge against the Washington Mystics in the first round. Um, the Storm sit, I guess, ended, right? <laughs> at a 22 and 14 record. They are second in the Western Conference and of course clinched that number four seed. So looking ahead, we face the Mystics on the 18th and the 21st again at Climate Pledge. The 18th game will be a 7 p.m. and the 21st is a Sunday, 1 p.m. Those will both be shown on ESPN. The August 18th game will be displayed on ESPN2 and then the August 21st game on ESPN. So glad to see them getting some viewership there. And then before you move on, just I've got the bracket here on the screen. Mm -hmm. So you play Washington, who you've been able to mostly deal with this yeah. season. I don't want to look ahead of them, but if you're able to you know, take care of business against Washington in round one, you would play the winner of the Phoenix Mercury Las Vegas Aces series. So you're likely looking at a rematch with Vegas to get to the finals. That's tough. Yeah. So, I mean, to be the man, you got to beat the man, right? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> not going to get any easier, but I mean, that's, it just makes the story all more epic, I guess. So, yeah, yeah I mean, Washington game one, Thursday, game two, Sunday, would like to wrap up that round on Sunday. Definitely right? get some rest for 
Whichever team, because we don't want to give it to the no. aces automatically. Well, I highly but... <laughs> doubt it comes out of that. Yeah. So. But we have to take care of our own business already. So. And that about wraps up our storm. Yes, and I, I have a big sigh as we look over <laughs> to our Sounders here. I mean, they've. I mean, truth be told, there have been spurts of a few games here and there, but the Sounders have never really clicked since winning CCL. Uh, I wrote about a little bit how much of that might be losing MVP Jao Paulo, MVP finalist Jao Paulo in that game itself. Uh, to your, you lose his ability for set pieces as a passer, as a midfield conductor. Uh, that loss, who knows what you would have been able to do in the regular season, where we would have been at this point if you've got him. I digress. We'll look at the last game that the Sounders played this past week over at Real Salt Lake, a two to one loss. Uh, player of the game, center defensive midfielder uh, Albert Rusnak. Uh, Rusnak goes one goal, one shot, 84% passing, and earning a 7.7 match rating. This is uh, this was a virtual must win. There's a few points that separate, I believe, the number five through number nine, uh, number I believe it's number ten actually spots in the Western Conference. And you know, if you would have been able to get it win over a team like Real Salt Lake, who I believe sits at fourth in the West, you greatly help your chances. But you left points on the table. You gave up a response goal. Uh, Real Salt Lake scored first off of a breakaway. And then Seattle comes and ties it in the second half. It's like, oh, great. You know, you're tied. You have to go get the winner now. And then right after that goal, Real Salt Lake comes down. And then off of a broken defensive assignment, they get a goal. And it's like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. You were just celebrating. You had just tied it up. You're going to be able to hopefully put yourself in a position to secure three points. And it's, and it's gone like that. It's, uh, you know, Brian, head coach Brian Schmetcher said it after the game. He said, we have to find a way to score more than one goal. And they really haven't scored more than two since June when they beat uh, Sporting Kansas City, which I believe was on the 18th of June. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, you've been really stagnant. You haven't really hit a groove since uh, CCL. I remember someone, there was one video we did where I said, have they hit a groove? And someone's like, of course they had. They'd won two games in a row. I'm like, <laughs> mm -hmm, you know? So, and I'm, I could be wrong. Maybe there's a three-game stretch or so in there, but obviously they can, they've can. they lost seven of their last ten. Oh, goodness. And you lost five games at home this year, which is really bad. You, you know, you'd like for home field to be an advantage, right? Mm -hmm. Hasn't been that. Um, I'm wearing the nice giveaway hat they gave away last night's Ooh. game. But it's it's disappointing. It's yeah. disappointing because, yeah. you know, at the beginning of the year, it was looked, this team was, this roster was looked at as one of the deepest in MLS history. You know, the signing of Rusnak was supposed to be the biggest free agent signing in league history. Yeah. And we've got Jordan Morris still. Raul Roy Diaz is one of the most prolific scorers in MLS. Uh, Christian Roldan was playing like an MVP candidate at the beginning of the year. Nico Ladero is one of the most critical players in this club's history. Stefan Fry is still Stefan Fry. This defensive back line was one of the best in the league last year. And they won CCL. Great. But at the end of the day, you shouldn't be floundering like this right now. There's no, there shouldn't be a hangover from CCL. You're not really missing anybody besides Joe Paulo and Obed Vargas who are out with season-ending injuries. Right. I mean, you knew that months ago, though. Mm -hmm. And Raul's back and he would have had a goal, but someone was outside. So oh, Seattle. Okay. Yeah, it was. People were excited. The stadium was loud. They did a repair review. Dude was clearly outside. Yeah. Um, 
it's really tough. And I mean, it's on them to fix these things. There've been several defensive blown assignments. Uh, when we talk about the defense, the offensive unit really just has kind of well, similar to the rain and extent, but we'll get to them because they were able to do this. The Sounders haven't been able to put away their chances. They put on 18 shots on goal, I believe, last night, but they only score one. None of them else were really that dangerous. Uh, there were several chances in the game got close to a finish where Seattle was knocking on the door, and they just it was like they, they were a, a hair too late on a kick, mm-hmm. and it was just really frustrating. And you're, you're having made the playoffs every year since your MLS iteration is in jeopardy this year. You know, you've made the playoffs every year since joining the MLS and it's like, okay, your things are getting dicey. So, but there's still time to course. There's correct. time. Yes. But you really have to start making, you have to start with this next game um, next year. I mean, this upcoming week. And I believe this next game, they haven't lost to the galaxy since like 2015 or something. It was, it was, I'll get an official stat, but it's like, there are a lot of things on the line mm-hmm. here. You're starting to, time is running out. Right. Time is running out yeah. really quickly. Uh, we'll talk about injuries. The injury report against Real Salt Lake was completely clean. So, again, frustrating. <laughs> uh, we look over at team notes here to August 10th, which was the MLS All-Star game. Uh, attacker Raul Ruiz Diaz had a penalty kick goal that would eventually win the game uh, for Team MLS. He becomes the second sounder to score in the All-Star game since Eddie Johnson in 2012. He's the first MLS player to score a penalty kick goal in the game uh, since uh, 2015. So interesting notes there and good for Raul to get on the board. Uh, the Sounders sit at a 10 win, 13 loss, two draws. I've only got two draws all year. You split those points. I mean, I'm sure we're in a different spot, right? Even half, a third. Yeah. You know, as you split those points, we're in a way different spot in the standings. Uh, you sit at ninth in the Western Conference as the last time I checked, 32 points. You're still technically one out of a playoff spot, which is uh, my buddy of mine was texting me. It's like, is the West really that bad? It's like LAFC is at the top and they've been dominating, but it's like, are you really that bad? Is the Western <laughs> Conference that horrible? I mean, we look at the table and I'll just double check this. Um, the East is a different conversation. Yeah, you're one point out of a playoff spot. Uh, the sixth and seventh seeds are kind of up for grabs. You're sitting at 32 points. The sixth and seventh seed, LA Galaxy. So you're playing the team that's in the playoff spot. Yeah. Um, and Nashville both sit at 33 points. Um, yeah, a win would jump over them. You know, the fifth and the fifth through th- uh, three seeds are right now. You're out of them seven points. So yeah, you would have if you would have looked at some of those losses and made them draws better situation but anyway as we mentioned looking ahead their next match is august 19th at the la galaxy with a 7 p.m start as i mentioned la sitting in a playoff spot you need to take care of business there you yeah that's last night was a must win this in a a way (laughs) yeah i guess put more emphasis on it (laughs) and i would throw it to you for the Kraken, but, but we don't have Kraken news. We don't have. I mean, there's one thing, and it's that the HL affiliate Coachella Valley uh-huh. announced that they'll have four games at, here in Seattle. Oh. Uh, one of two of them will be at the Iceplex. I think they're both already sold out. Wow. Um, 
which wow. I mean, they've got really small seating in there anyway. Yeah. Uh, one of them will be at Climate Pledge Arena. Uh, tickets go on sale for that on the 22nd of the month. That is going to be against, I forgot where they're from, uh, but they're, I think they're the Canucks affiliate. Uh, that will be a Climate Pledge Arena, as I mentioned. Tickets go on sale on the 22nd. And then one of them will be at Angel of the Winds Arena in Everett. Um, yeah, okay. And I don't think tickets have gone on sale for that yet. So two chances to watch uh, your AHL affiliate. I think we're going to try to get some coverage of that. We'll work on that. We'll let you know. But sorry to take it from you. But it's okay. Yeah, no, go keep straight, going. Yeah, we go straight into you the double, rain. You were here. at the double header, so uh, <laughs> it was a long day. The only team yesterday to win of our Seattle sports teams playing Good four games, only one team. So the rain uh, played August fourteenth versus New York, New Jersey, Gotham. FC, and if you don't know, yes, I said Gotham. Yes, it's like the DC Comics. I don't know why they named their team that. Uh, the Rain would beat them four to one. Player of the game forward Megan Rapino. Pino, two goals, one assist, three chances created, and a nine point five match rating, which is one of the highest I've seen for one of our teams and quite some time uh pino was directly involved in all four of the goals the fourth one mm -hmm. was an own goal but she had the ball that was actually headed away for the own goal so directly involved in four of those games and i don't know if i talked about it last week or the week before where she she had a player of the game um but pino you know a lot of people know her for her u.s women's national team uh accolades yes. her work as an activist uh but you know, like had hasn't necessarily consistently been that like huge star for the club. Obviously, she's great to have on the team. Mm -hmm. But since returning uh, from the international last time they, she was with the international team, she's been great. I mean, she's had I think I had totaled it up in the last three games. She's played with the rain since international break. Three goals, two assists, a goal. I mean, it's directly impacting all these games. Um and funny enough, her last brace, the last time she scored two goals was last August, which yeah, is kind of funny. Yeah, what a trend. Um, so, and that was, I believe, the doubleheader against the Portland Thorns um, at Lumen Field. So, I mean, a great win. And like we talked about with the Sounders, the Rain have had issues putting their chances in the net. They were able to convert that to an extent, beat Gotham. Gotham has not. Gotham drops to four wins and nine losses. They haven't had any draws at all this year, which is kind of weird to me. They have an interim coach. They're a mess. They're a mess. Uh, so you take care of business there and you put yourself back in a playoff spot, thankfully. Um, but that was a good win. I mean, they started off the day right and then nobody else in, for our Seattle team has won, which was kind of sad to make the graphic for that. Um, no injury news, luckily. I mean, the injury report, uh, I believe, for that game was just that Angelina, who has a season-ending injury, was out. But that's it. Yeah. I mean, we already knew that. Um, this team news, that well... Before I get into this team news, uh, with the win against Gotham, head coach Laura Harvey becomes the winningest coach in NWSL regular season history with her 82nd win. Uh, it was, there was a quote that said, you can't tell the story of the league without mentioning Laura Harvey's teams. Um, and there was a nice video from a bunch of the players congratulating her. Um, ever since last year, when the last head coach, I shall not name, is a bad person, uh, he left like two hours before the game. He dipped right. out. Yeah. Uh, and it was announced that Laura was coming back. The, the just like the overall attitude. You talk about cultures and winning cultures and, you know, positive cultures in these teams, right? You can just tell that people want to be here for that. So that was really great to see. And congratulations to Laura on that. But 
news that kind of shocked me this morning. Uh, the 15th, it was announced that the team traded forward Ali Watt to the Orlando Pride. The Reign receive $125,000 in allocation money while Orlando receives forward Ali Watt. So from what I understand from a friend of mine, from a source I've got, is that Watt had reached out to other clubs um, for a trade because she wanted more playing time. Hmm. So that, that's, I mean, it makes sense. Watt's a 25-year-old. Uh, she's only started in three matches, over 18 total appearances uh, with the rain. So it's, it, it was kind of like, a, why would you do that? And then when I found yeah. out it was a, it was a time mm -hmm. thing, I was like, that makes sense to me. The rain have a time. I mean, we just talked about Megan Rapino, Bethany Balser won rookie of the year 2019 and tied for the second most, no, not tied, second most goals in the league last year. Jordan Heitem is a 21 year old forward. You just signed. So uh, Veronica Lasko has produced here and there and has earned several starts. Ziara King is a talented forward. Um, it's like that your attacking group is really busy. And I think I talked about the beginning of the year before they added Jordan Heitema. Um, it's like, okay, you've got a good problem here. Who gets starts where, right. You know, this is a good problem to have, but yeah, there will be situations like this. So it sucks. Ali Watts, a great person, a great player, you know, uh, she just needed to finish, needed to work on her finishing. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this move to Orlando, um, gives her that playing time that she's she looking wants, for. And yeah. I'm sure it will. Orlando is having their own struggles. Uh, I think your next and NWSL regular season matches against Orlando in a few weeks. That's oh, kind of funny. That would be interesting. Um, but the, another rumor that I saw was that with Angelina going down with injury was that Laura Harvey and the team were looking for another player to get, uh, to fill that spot. So we'll see if that allocation money comes back. Yeah. We'll see. I know a few months ago we talked about with allocation money, you always watch that because it could mean a move is coming. And then Tobin Heath happened, Jordan Heights. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that trade sucks. So I thank you to Ali Watt. Uh, the team record now sits at six wins, four losses, six draws. Fifth in the NWSL uh, with 24 points. They are in a playoff spot. They're one point away from second place and four points out of first place. There's a note there that I'm not going to read. Uh, so yeah, a win in their next game could propel you all the way up. You see yeah. how tight this is? You know, and even a few wins and, you know, Portland just kind of is mid for a few games. You could take the first spot. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, so a few games to play here as the regular season starts to wind down. Looking ahead, they don't have an NWSL regular season game to play. The Women's Cup is this upcoming week. Yeah. It's a different little tournament. Uh, with the rain, I believe, with their semifinal. Uh, the rain somehow clinched uh, like a bid to the semifinals. Uh, so they are going to technically host. I mean, they're the they got like a bye week. Um a game against Club America on the 17th of August. It's a 2 p.m. start on Paramount Plus is where you can watch it. The Women's Cup semifinal game. This is in Louisville. If the rain win, they advance to play in the finals against the winner. Uh, this is if they win, right? Against yeah. Racing Louisville versus AC Milan. The tournament is held at Racing Louisville's home stadium. So, mm, home field advantage for racing Louisville, but cool little cup, cool opportunity to win more trophies, but we'll see how that goes. I, I'm hoping that this, you know, if they win, they would have played on the 20th. Uh, and then I believe the rain's next regular season matches on the 26th. So you don't want to like jam too much in yeah. there. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not ultimately concerned if you don't win it. But uh, with that being said, um, I tried to get away from using that. Um, 
we talked about this throughout the episode, some not necessarily fun news with our Seawolves. Um, as I try to pull it back up here, I lost my little slide. Um, we have news on Rickard Hatting and not the best news, Belle. What, what happened over in Seawolves? Yeah, so unfortunately on August 12th, Rickard Hatting accepted a six-month suspension, uh, which started August 4th. And after testing positive for a specified substance on USA Rugby's banned substance list. So he was prescribed a medication during the offseason to treat symptoms of a pre-existing medical condition. Don't know what it is yet, but he's experienced it since his adolescence. Um, the medication prescribed is not a performance enhancing drug, but it is a specified substance by the World Anti-Doping Agency. At the time the medication was prescribed, neither Reichert nor the physician who prescribed the medication were aware that the medication was on the specified substance list and required a therapeutic use exemption. His prescription use did not con confer any competitive advantage to Reichert as reflected in his sanction. He has accepted the personal responsibility for the oversight and has begun the six-month suspension. So the Seawolves stand behind our captain and look forward to him rejoining the club at the conclusion of his suspension. I mean, this goes kind of hand-in-hand hand with the Tatis thing, right? I mean, both guys, well, again, with Tatis, I have no idea. He's not, you know, that's league news stuff. But it seems like both guys were trying to treat something with a drug that was on this list that, you know, uh, for their respective leagues, they weren't supposed to take. They didn't know that, you know, his physician with Hatting, his physician didn't know that. Tati said he didn't do his due diligence, but both of them accepted right. the overall suspension. Yeah. So from what I understand, uh, we don't have this uh, season schedule yes. for the yeah. Seawolves next year. But if I'm going off of last year's schedule, their preseason and such started in February. So in his, if you're doing the rough math here, that suspension ends around February, I assume, six months from now. Yeah. So um, it's not the biggest, it's not like it's going to cut into halfway through the season. If anything, right. he might miss the first few matches of the regular season. Uh, I mean, he was one of your leading try scorer uh, last year, and he's your, your captain, right? Captain's a big thing. But um, I just hope he's able to treat whatever it is. But yeah, I'm not going to sure. be like, oh, he did this. He did that. It well, seems like it was an honest mistake. I mean, again, if the physician didn't know. And it looks like there's a process for him to continue possibly using it moving forward if they have. Uh, the use exemption. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Like we said, didn't file that. So right. should be fine. But it's like, uh, shoot. So it's just not going to be available. I don't know how much with the uh, MLR that constitutes his suspension. He just can't be around the team, all that kind of stuff. So we'll see, but I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, just kind of disappointing. So as I mentioned, don't have the schedule for that. I just know the draft is on the 18th here. So we'll have some more Seawolves news next week to welcome some new uh, newest members of the pack. We have a busy coming week then. The rain play on the 17th. The 18th is jam-packed. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it should make an interesting week for some news. So now we will head over from our Seawolves uh, over to Stars of the Week. And both of us went with different people once. <laughs> um, why did you? I mean, I, under, I can understand. But why did you go with Jewel Lloyd this week? Um, I went with Jewel Lloyd because in our season finale here at home at Climate Pledge, the aces held her to only one point. Mm -hmm. And so if for her to just like bounce back, do well in every game after that, and then have 38 points off of eight threes, 
in that last game against the Aces, she really turned it around and she really found what worked for her and she produced for the team again, leading up to even that Aces game. So I, it just, it was good to see that she didn't let that. I'm going to credit the defense here, but the Aces defense on that game um, kind of stump her and mm -hmm. she really figured out a way to still produce and have a career high in points on that last game. So, yeah. And you know, what I was trying to get to with looking at the, like the top performers of the, those three road games and the year, yeah. And the year um, you'd like to see, I mean, if you can get Jewel Lloyd firing on all cylinders or near that, you know, Jewel Lloyd had a career year last year, scored 38 points against the best team in the league. Tina Charles is really finding her rhythm, I believe, with this team and yeah. really settling in, settling in. Stewie is Stewie. Uh, if Gabby can have that confidence and really show up, not only in the defensive end, but just as a round rounded player, you're in good, you're in good, good condition. Yeah. You know, there's not many people you look at that starting five of Sue Jewel. So we have Jewel hit on near to all cylinders. Um, Gabby Williams. We just talked about Gabby Stewie and then Tina Charles, and then go to the bench. You've got Edgy Magbagor, who's I would say is your uh, most improved player. Yeah. And you've got veterans like Brianna yes. beyond January, if Prince, uh, Steph Talbot has mm -hmm. been hitting three really well lately, you know, so John tell lavender is a consummate veteran. Yes. So, I mean, and it's just talking about Jewel and Gabby and Tina, but also you're going to need your bench. You are. We talked about this throughout the year, yes. right? You're going to need your bench. So, I don't blame you. Yeah, to that one game, I that one point, I totally forgot was, about that. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. Shocking. <laughs> but to come back and have a, a career high against the same team on the road, exactly. Yeah, I can get that. Um, I went for like multiple reasons. I talked about it in the rain segment. I went with Megan Rapino uh, with that shot there from Live Lions. Uh, as I mentioned, I mean, since the international last international break. Uh, Pino has been great for the club. And I think that, you know, not only having her IQ as a player, but have obviously still being able to impact the game physically, um, as well as meshing with Jordan Haitama up at the top, who's a 21 year old, being able to have that knowledge to lean on. Um, and just being, I mean, obviously Pino's got a leadership standpoint of things. Uh, so just being, you know, as present as she is, is huge to this club who, you know, is still trying to win its first NWSL title in its uh, iteration um, and is looking to really finish out the season strong. So going forward, that is really big. And she's really stepped up in these last few weeks. So mm -hmm. I, I, I tip my cap to Pino there for that. So as you mentioned a little bit ago, uh, this upcoming week will be busy. I mean, the Seahawks play on Thursday. Uh, the Mariners play, they finish out their nine-game road trip uh, with two game, two series down in California. Mm -hmm. The Storm will play two games of the first round of the WNBA playoffs. Right. The Sounders are really, time is running out. Uh, the rain continue to look to get them, again, one point separates them from second yeah, place. Really but decision. this upcoming week, they've got a cup to play for, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, the Kraken, I'm assuming we'll hear more. We're getting closer and closer to training camp. Uh, the Seawolves will have their draft. I mean, it's going to be busy for us. So uh, with everything being taken into consideration, thank the people behind the camera, whether it's, you know, Curtis here in studio helping us uh, get everything set up and us just basically doing what we do up <laughs> here, the photographers we work with, you know, uh, everyone behind the scenes, a big thank you for making everything possible here. Uh, and until we see what we're getting close to the end of oh August, gosh, we're going to be hitting September soon. 
Very bizarre. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Be well uh, and do whatever you can to make today a great day. Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.